This is From Lost to Hope with your host, Jackie Stubblefield. I walk alongside those of you who have lost loved ones, health, home, or relationships to a place of hope as we study and trust in the truth of God's Word. This is episode 50, step one of submitting to God, God's sovereignty. The closer we get to Jesus Christ, the more we want to submit to his ways. When you admire and love someone, it's only natural to want to please them. It's the same when you know Jesus Christ as your Savior. This is step one of submitting to God, God's sovereignty. Why do we bow to him? Not just because we love him, but because he's sovereign. Sovereign is not a usual word in our language. Here are some questions to think about. How do you explain the sovereignty of God? What are examples of God's sovereignty? What does the Bible say about the sovereignty of God? And how do you acknowledge God's sovereignty? How do you explain the sovereignty of God? Well, we'll start with a definition. This is from Holman's Dictionary. The biblical teaching that God is the source of all creation and that all things come from and depend upon God. Sovereignty means that God is in all and over all. Let's look at Deuteronomy 29.1. Yours, Lord, is the greatness and the power and the glory and the majesty and the splendor for everything in heaven and earth is yours. Yours, Lord, is the kingdom, and you are exalted as head over all. As humans, we like to think we have control. It doesn't take long in this life to learn that's not true. Most things are in an area we cannot touch. That is God's area and what makes him sovereign. He controls what goes on here and in heaven. His attributes give him that control. His greatness, power, glory, majesty, and splendor. There's no one else like him. What are some examples of God's sovereignty? Number one, he's over all things. In Revelation 21.6, he said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. This is Jesus speaking here. His sovereignty runs from the beginning of time until the end. And he is the only one that can give life. Number two, he's in control. Psalm 103.19 The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. The Lord is in control of everything. Although the world seems to be out of control, it's because God has allowed humans to have free will. The ultimate control belongs to God and one day he will make it right again. Number three, he can do anything. 
Jeremiah thirty-two seventeen. Ah, sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power and your outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. The nation of Israel was under siege by the Babylonians. This verse began Jeremiah's prayer to God, which included all of God's power seen in history. We can look at Jeremiah 32 if you'd like to study further. He knows what God has done and can do. Our world would be wise to listen to what God is saying to us. Number four, he is all knowledge. Romans eleven thirty three. Oh, the depths of the riches of the wisdom and knowledge of God. How unsearchable his judgments and his paths beyond tracing out. Who has known the mind of the Lord? Or who has been his counselor? Who has ever given to God that God should repay them? For from him and through him and for him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. While this exalted and moving ascription of praise has in view God's plans and operations in the history of salvation affecting both Jews and Gentiles, the closing verse applies, applies also to the individual life that pleases God. For the life of every believer has its source in God, lives by his resources, and returns to him when its course has been run. To God be the glory. This comes from Expositor's Bible Commentary, New Testament. Paul is talking to the Gentile believers here about their place and the Jews' place in the gospel. This is a doxology of praise to God for his vast knowledge and understanding. His superiority far exceeds everyone. Number five, he is the creator. Colossians 1.16 For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. Genesis 1.1 In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. To give God his rightful place, you need to acknowledge he is the creator of everything. Leaders of government only have power that God has given them. Matthew ten twenty nine to 30 Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground outside your father's care. And even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. Sparrows were customarily thought of as the smallest of creatures. And the penny was one of the least valuable Roman coins. God is sovereign over even the most insignificant events. Crossway.com What does the Bible say about the sovereignty of God? Number one, only God is sovereign. Isaiah 46, 9-11 
Remember the former things, those of long ago? I'm God. There is no other. God, and there's none like me. I make known the end from its beginning, from ancient times what is still to come. I say, my purpose will stand, and I will do all that I please. From the east I summon a bird of prey, from a far-off land a man to fulfill my purpose. What I have said, that I will bring about. What I have planned, that I will do. If we don't agree with this verse, then why have faith? If we don't believe he's capable of fulfilling his plan, then where is his power? If he doesn't have power, then why believe? Only God can be sovereign. He is the only one that has the attributes to pull it off. Number two, God's sovereign plan will win. Proverbs 19 to 21. Many are the plans in a person's heart, but it's the Lord's purpose that prevails. We think we know best. We have it all together. Well, how often does that work out? No matter how hard we try, God's way is better and will win out. By trusting Him, we can be successful in the way He has for us. He knows the right direction for us to follow. Number three, who can question God and His sovereignty? Daniel 4.35 All the peoples of the earth are regarded as nothing. He does as He pleases with the powers of heaven and the peoples of the earth. No one can hold back his hand or say to him, What have you done? God's sovereignty cannot be denied. Of all the people on earth, can any of us counsel him? Do we have the knowledge, power, or presence to tell him what to do? Submitting to God. How do we acknowledge that God is sovereign? Deuteronomy 4.39 Acknowledge and take to heart this day that the Lord is God in heaven above and on the earth below. There is no other. Number one, just like the verse says, acknowledge that everything comes from God and depends on God. Number two, believe it in the depths of your heart. Number three, know he rules over earth as well as heaven. In conclusion, we are interested here in learning to submit to God. Recognizing that God rules is the basis of our faith. If we don't put him in his proper place, faith will not grow. How can you ask someone to help if they don't have control? Remember the Lord's Prayer in Matthew 6, 9-13? This is an example Christ gave to the apostles on how to pray. In verse 9 through 10 of that passage, it says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. 
your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. He's telling them that the first thing they should pray is to acknowledge who God is and that he's in control of everything. How else would the prayer work? We need to accept that God is sovereign. That places us humbly where we belong and allows God to work in our lives. Please remember to subscribe to From Lost to Hope to receive notification of the next podcast.